Good afternoon, good evening, uh, good morning maybe for some of you, whenever, wherever you may be watching. This is The Yard Sign, Florida's most important political podcast. Johnny Torres, uh, hope you're doing great, hope you're having a great week. Uh, there's obviously uh, no, sh no shortage of controversy, drama, and politics to talk about, so we're here. We've picked our top three topics for the day, but I'm sure we'll wander off into some other spaces as well. When do we do that? I don't, <laughs> I don't think we ever do no, that. No, never, never, of course not. Not a thing, not a thing. Uh, and so uh, we... Uh, as you can see right there, we've got three amazing topics for you, along with an amazing guest returning, uh, who's now pretty much like a regular on the show. Hey. So I'm excited about that. We'll uh, open up with, of course, uh, the most important story uh, affecting us globally, which is uh, the war in Israel. And uh, we'll go through Trump's legal troubles. Uh, as uh, you know, you might see written somewhere, how screwed is Donald Trump? Uh, and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up with House Speakership Round 2 as uh, Congress now begins their search for a new speaker. It's, it almost sounds like a, a spinoff of Star Wars at this point where they're, where they're like, you know, it's like how many chapters of this can we can we milk? As the Republic uh, falls. That's right, exactly. Uh, and uh, well, you know, let's go ahead and uh, get to, uh, as I used to say, the big table, but now it's uh, just the wide angle. Uh, joining me, that's as offensive. always, Anibal David offensive. Cabrera. I know it is, but you know me. Um, it's uh, Anibal David Cabrera joining me and uh, next to, uh, oh, hang on, let me see. I'm, I'm driving and hosting today, so there we go. Boom, look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Got Anibal David Cabrera there on the right-hand side. And uh, joining us once again, uh, Mr. Criminologist, Dr. Leo Jenko, helping to bring some legitimacy to this program. <laughs> just a yes, uh, yes. Just a the expert opinion. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so let's go ahead and, uh, and start off with, um, you know, really the 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 biggest, uh, again, story of the weekend, you know, and now what will probably be maybe even the rest of the year, which is this war in Israel. Mm. Um, uh, you know, in listening to some of my sources, you know, where I like to kind of prep for the show, uh, what's, I, what everybody seems to be talking about is how did they not see this coming, you know, given the technology, given the resources, given how they are looked at from a global perspective as kind of being a leader in um, spying, in technology, in, you know, in, in defense, uh, you know, in, in terms of intelligence gathering, you know, and they seem to have been completely blindsided by this. There's obviously some very um, new tactics, I guess, for lack of a better term, being used by Hamas here in this, uh, in this in attack. I mean, Israel completely caught off guard. So... Um, the attack was at the end of a seven-day um, holiday for the Jewish, for the Israelis and Jewish people. Their festivals, people were with their families. It was a big, big thing, even to the point to where, um, with the way the religious holidays are viewed there, there's really no communication, no yeah. cell phones or nothing during that time. So attack started about 6 30 in the morning on october 7th um they are now counting as the last three days almost seven thousand rockets were fired into the country uh, from gaza and with that barrage of rockets coming in which is happening almost every single weekend so i think that's where the complacency occurs when this is a constant thing happening that rocket it's weird to say that rockets are being shot into yeah. your country and because of the iron dome is able to handle that kind of that kind of incoming fire 
but it was completely overwhelmed. And there's videos of the terrorist group Hamas attacking from like blowing up the checkpoints yeah. of the the gates to get into from Gaza into Israel. Well, and apparently boat ships flying are being. Um, being guided outside of Gaza from the yeah. ports, and also an air attack mm -hmm. of, uh, I guess, hang gliders? Hang gliders yeah. is what I keep hearing, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen the video. It's those, like, it's like, it's electronic hang gliders that you can have, like, a buggy attached to it. Okay. And they are showing them uh, opening fire in cities, uh, dropping uh, cock uh, monotel cocktails on tanks. It was quite... Um, it's a fascinating situation, but I do agree with you. Agree with you. It's a complete collapse of what we thought was one of the largest um, spying networks within inside Gaza and Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, and it just it shows that there's something wrong when it comes well, the, to them. And the details are horrendous, and obviously this was incredibly well planned. I mean, some people were saying that maybe this was even years in the making. Um, but you know, on top of things like the 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 um, the hang gliders. Um, you know, you also had, you know, there were checkpoints where Hamas uh, members were dressed up as Israeli officers and they were creating traffic checkpoints. And mm. when they'd hit like a certain quantity of, co of vehicles waiting and people waiting and this and that, they would just open fire mm -hmm. on them. Um, they're, they're, I mean, the tactics that are being used again are, are very different from, I think, anything we've seen um, certainly in recent history. As of as of Monday midday, over 900 people, have, 900 Israelis have claimed to have been killed. Yeah. They're almost at 3,000 3, uh, injured. And of the 900, 11 Americans have been confirmed to be um, killed. Mm. Well, and I did hear that on, on the uh, Palestinian side, you know, where, again, uh, Israel has now begun their attacks and everything. I mean, they've already taken out, you know, um, Palestinians in the numbers of the hundreds, taking oh, out yeah. mosques, apartment mm -hmm. buildings, things like that. I mean, again, it's such a small piece of territory, you know, that, I mean, I'm sure they're trying to be, you know, as accurate as possible in terms of, you know, not taking any innocent lives. But then again, I could imagine that in this moment, of despair and surprise and and every all the emotions that they must be going through i mean i i think probably a lot of that type of typical you restraint. know restraint yeah it's probably gone out the window uh it's just a hard thing to swallow especially with the issue with ukraine and russia that's somehow still going on um this it just puts a new wrench in the machine of how do we as the United States play this globally in terms of politics? Um, do we do we start sending support now to Israel and Ukraine? Like Congress is going to have to start making decisions. I think there's already an, a, a, re a recurring aid package to Israel that comes through every year already that doesn't have to get approval. So that's where they're getting around that. So they were talking about how because of the speakership situation that there wouldn't be any time to actually send aid to Israel because of what's happening. However, the counter argument from the Pentagon is that there's already a recurring like approval. But this is my this is where I start to get frustrated, right? Because we've been talking about you know our involvement in the Ukraine mm -hmm. and in particular, Nebel and I have different positions on this we find ourselves now where even last week just last week a report came out where we are running low in terms of our own resources um and if there were a need for us to uh, defend ourselves or go into an engagement lo and behold 
now we find ourselves in a situation where one of our closest allies, if not our closest ally, is now at war uh, and caught off guard. They're certainly going to need our assistance be it financial, be it in terms of resources. And some are apparently already talking about whether or not Iran was involved. And if Iran was involved, that the U.S. maybe should or could go to war with Iran. This leads into a larger conversation of what is going on in the minds of Hamas to make this attack occur currently. After the... Era, after the Oh my gosh, the Accords, the oh, um, not not the Abraham after yep. the Abraham yep. Accords and the fact that they were trying to figure out a way to move past the Palestinian situation with inside the Middle East. I think what what a lot of individuals in Palestine in the Hamas uh, organization were trying to figure out a way to get back into the situation, get back their position into those negotiations because they did not want Israel and Saudi Arabia and Israel and other Middle East countries to have normalized relations because then that causes a bigger problem, existential threat really to the to the Palestinian um, cause. So I understand the concept of where they're coming from that this now may, puts a huge wrench in the fact that I don't think there is going to be any kind of peace agreement with some Middle East countries towards Israel because right. now Israel has to show some form of strength to be able to, to put down this. But to go back onto your original point, mm -hmm. the the conflict in Eastern Europe is completely different than the than what we're now seeing as a no, now yeah, hot I mean, war in terms of into, into the Middle East because at the moment you have Israel now trying to figure out how do you take, uh, what is it called, a, a needle out of a haystack because that's what Gaza Strip is. It's so yeah. dense, it's two point something million people packed in such a densely population. It's like you trying to do airstrikes into the middle of downtown Tokyo. It's mm. almost impossible. Well, that's the thing. Palestine, though, has always kind of used Hamas as an alibi in the sense that, you know, hey, they're a terrorist organization. They have nothing to do with us. And, uh, you know, these talks, yeah. the Abraham's, Abraham Accord and all that has been going on. Well, again, they can easily say, hey, that wasn't us. That's Hamas. You know what I mean? We didn't mean for this to happen or we had no involvement in all of this. Um, but again, I think it's almost inevitable at this point that you know they're going to call for resources and 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 they may call for us to get engaged in some way I don't think I don't think Israel is going to call the United States to get involved militarily in regards to the Gaza situation I highly doubt that Not militarily. there's no need right. the Israelis have a very large very uh, resource heavy uh, military that I don't think they're going to have the need for us. Maybe we might yeah. do air care packages. And I know that we just moved the fleet closer there, so we'll be dealing with like air superiority. But that's the and thing. So if track. they do find, because obviously one of the big talking points that came out almost immediately um, as soon as the attack happened was that uh, President Biden, which actually went m widely kind of unreported or under the radar, gave Iran $6 billion for five American uh, hostages. Okay. Now, obviously, Six billion dollars, you don't just, you know, turn that around overnight and buy tons of weapons and put out a, 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 a an attack of this yes. scale. The problem but, is, but okay. hold on, my, 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 my question or my point is, is that if Iran is found to be guilty of having been involved at that point, does the U.S. get involved militarily? So when it comes to the bank, and I apologize, it, it, when it comes to that bank account, it's still in control of the bankers. 
stuff those and it hasn't been released actually the money is still in the account money hasn't been spent because iran has to only use it for humanitarian uh usage so that money is still no, in they'll the find account. a way to launder and they that. will but the money hasn't been used for anything yet because the money is still in the account right. so we have to kind of take that kind of off the boards like that's not the issue right now the issue right now is to see if and hamas has already said that is that iran helped them with this so that is already a larger conversation that needs to be talked out like what is the punishment for for Iran, which Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and Qatar are trying to figure out a way to become friendly with Israel, with Iran throwing a wrench in there, like that, if that becomes more of a ploy, this whole thing is going to blow up. That now countries are fighting amongst themselves because of the interactions. No, I agree. Yeah, the one of the problems is, and I, I would agree that we have a resource issue though, of how do we help? Um, I remember the big controversy about a few years ago uh, where Congress was going to aid in replenishing the Iron Dome. And of course, you had people on the other side of the aisle saying, no, don't. Um, and it was controvers controversial, not as not large, but with happening in Ukraine and then Israel using its Iron Dome again. I, I do see how we are going to be stressed on resources in terms of just geopolitical relationships and war. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know how to see it any other way. Well, what I'm also kind of watching is how does now not only our political system, you know, which, you know, we'll talk about Cory Booker in a second. And, and again, you know, some of the others in, in Congress, you know, that now have to really kind of walk a fine line on this issue, but also like corporate America has gotten very political. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I was surprised the Miami Heat put out a statement in support of Israel immediately. Why on earth which was, Miami Heat doing Well, that? it's Miami. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jewish population, Israel, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, and look, I mean, it, it's not the stereotype, but it is. I mean, you still yeah. have a large Jewish population in South Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, I, I'm not sure, but I believe Mickey Aronson, who owns the team, uh, is Jewish. I, I believe so. Yes. You know, and so for them, that's a no brainer. Right. Um, but again, you know, looking uh, looking at like a Ben and Jerry's, you know, who actually, you know, was one of the companies that I believe came out at one point and said that they weren't going to do and, uh, you know, work with any vendors or anything that had ties to Israel and that sort of thing, you know, but famously we have the squad with AOC um, and Ilan Omar, you know, who have publicly supported Palestine in Congress, you know, it's like now how's that going to play out? Right. And what, what is, what, what is that position going to look like in, in the face of this attack? Yeah, we're, we're still what, 72 hours out of this attack. It's going to be a little bit of time for everyone to get their bearings and what's going to happen and how that yeah. support's going to fall through. I'm sure it's going to be something along the lines of, well, they've been fighting this like colonialist mentality of Israel for a while. Like they're, they're, they're they will find a way to look at Israel and point the finger at them. Well, they're positive. Yeah. They've been using the words apartheid for the longest time to yeah. describe what the Israelis are doing to. And I've been hearing some of the liberal hosts out there kind it's of using that term. Watching today's shows yeah. where like, you know, for a fact, they are super liberal and they're super against Israel. And the talking they, points went they, out. But they got to run. You know? They got to walk that line because yeah. they like they have to be they have to be going back and forth. Sure. And you even saw it on the Hill and to a little bit on breaking point on breaking points as well mm -hmm. that 
they understand this is a horrendous thing. Hamas is a terrorist group, but at the same time, they're like, yeah, but Israel has been running like Palestine as like a apartheid state, which right. I kind of don't disagree with. However, there is a situation where you have to be able to have the rights to secure your communities and secure your cities yeah. on a on a against a people that would rather see you your entire civilization destroyed right. like i remember well, listening to the to the translated versions of palestinian rallies it's like death to, to israel death to jews death to the usa right and you're like what did we like why yeah. are we automatically in there and other one i remember an answer on like on 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 like 60 minutes back in the 90s was like we won't be happy until they're driven into the sea and you're like how do you negotiate with that like mm -hmm. how on earth do you negotiate right. with that well the the you know the other thing is is that um you know you mentioned actually that i which i didn't know like apparently i guess cory booker happened to be in israel you know and this music festival is actually celebrating the 50th anniversary of uh, the, i think it was, they called it like the yom kippur attacks or something mm -hmm. like that this was in celebration was, of the yom kippur uh, no, the Yom Kippur attacks. It was another similar yeah, yeah, 1973 uh, right. attack yeah, yeah, yeah. with Syria and Egypt. But I don't think that's. But the that was the I, the music festival. I believe was was in celebration of that 50th anniversary, mm. or in remembrance, or however you want to put so, it. I know the music festival was at the end of the. I can't even say the words of what the the holiday was ending because Yom Kippur was like two weeks ago. It wasn't. This is like wow. very close to the 50th anniversary, yes, of the yeah. Yonkapur War, um, but I don't. But I think it was more or less for the celebration of the of the holiday, not for in celebration of the Yonkapur War. No, no. Well, no. Yeah, the I war think it was, was during was at the end of Yonkapur, right? And this is not the end of Yonkapur. This is, I believe, at, at least from what I understood, that was that was kind of the the theme behind the music festival. Yeah. So apparently, Cory Booker was jogging outside and had to take cover in a hotel stairway huh yeah wow that's mm -hmm. kind of bizarre all all in itself yeah it is i i'm not i don't really follow him that much yeah. um but i'm curious of why he was there he probably was there for a political reason um but it was strange a diplomacy visit or something but yeah, yeah that's that's really kind of bizarre that he would find himself in that in that kind of a situation Mm. Well, it's already a weird concept. Like I, I remember talking to my nephew about this because we were we watched the news and we we're and we we're, we're watching people like take cover during the air raids, mm. and it's a it's a foreign concept for many Americans because they don't understand that they if you're from the Midwest or Florida, you know what a tornado a tornado warning sounds like, and other parts of the country you have these warnings, but like who who is ducking for cover from a rocket attack? It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it's like, no, uh, I mean I remember this uh, isn't this isn't <coughs> Detroit. We don't have these situations. <laughs> I remember watching uh, Anthony Bourdain, um, and he had done, he was in Israel, and, um, uh, or no, I'm, was it Israel? Um, uh, anyways, the, the, wherever he happened to be in that moment, fell into some kind of a, again, a, a kind of a, an attack, you know, the military kind of mm -hmm. a situation, and, you know, but, he was saying how he was just blown away by the people who live there were just kind of going on about their day, you know, whereas as American, as tourists, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And you're seeing all these kind of rockets and, and, and gunfire and all this stuff kind of go off. And, you know, and everybody else is acting like it's just another Tuesday. Um, and, and it's true. I mean, living there, I mean, you must get accustomed to it. You must, yep. uh, you know, just 
you know, feel like, you know, it's just like any other day, you know, and you just hope that today's not your day, you know, to kind of fall into that kind of a situation. So real quick, the Nova Music Festival is a conclusion of the Jewish festival, uh, Sokot, S-U-K-K-O-T, which is a holiday to come together with family and friends uh, to just be together. That's what the the music festival was for. It wasn't for the young, uh, in celebration of the Yankapur War. Got it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, again, there's obviously, there's a lot that's still kind of evolving, you know, mm -hmm. in this, in this situation, but unfortunately, I mean, again, and this is where, um, <laughs> leading into our next topic, I mean, it, it, it only strengthens, you know, Trump's candidacy or really the, the candidacy of a Republican candidate, you know, just to kind of generalize it, you know, because now here's going to be another notch under Biden that people are going to be watching and scrutinizing yeah. and seeing how he's going to handle this. Um, well, and, even, even with inside, and this is where I think Biden is going to be hundred percent for Israel. That's not a negotiated point when it yeah. comes to him. The point is people in his party are not, and uh, yes. that's, what's going to piss people off because yes. you're going to have those voices that say they don't want to support their anti blah, blah, blah. You don't hear that at all with the Republicans. Not every one of the Republicans are going to be lockstep when it comes to supporting Israel. But you are not going to have that on the Democrat side, and that infuriates people because yeah. then that makes them look like a divided party. Well, it's also going to reflect poorly on Biden in terms of his. I mean, reflect poorly. It's just going to not even. I can't, can't. You can't. I don't know if you can worsen his image with war. Mm. But like, let's see. You have the withdrawal from Afghanistan, yep. the horrible initiation into the Ukraine Russia conflict, yep. and his response to this is just going to just have that black spot grow. So it's like, well, I don't know how else he can do something worse. Cause like, if you really think about it, if I don't, and this is just a, my humorous hubris, I don't think if Trump was in office, we would have an issue in Ukraine. No, I don't no. think there would have been a war because I honestly, I think Trump would have got on a plane, went to Kiev and been like, what, you're gonna, you're gonna shoot an American president down, please please do that right and then there would have been negotiations in geneva and like the thing would have calmed down well and again it, it you know there's there obviously is some sort of understanding there's some sort of chemistry there you know to make it a little cringy between putin and trump yeah yes. you know what i mean but you had the same uh, thing with the i that he was kind of chummy with the ayatollah and he was kind of chummy right. with the chinese and it's not that he was being that just because he wants to be but because you're doing internet those people are crazy yeah. and they only listen to other crazy strong leaders <laughs> so do you really think russia's putin's gonna listen to macron no no he's gonna make jokes the whole time that you've been effing your teacher since you were oh in grade God. school like that's what's like, that's what he's gonna say <laughs> right. but you can't have a macron try to push back against a putin that's never gonna no. happen yeah. a trump can push back against putin because trump would be the only one that would just like give me well, a plan he's let me gonna go make over. the case that hey you know at least during my administration putin kind of yeah. stayed put didn't you everyone's know, everyone stayed Put. You know, Kim Jong, same thing. You yes. Know? I mean, yeah. famously, again, people thought he was crazy for meeting with him with no, you know, um, no, conditions, um, yeah. you know, without any conditions, you know, which, you know, a lot of people um, criticized him for. But guess what? 
he calmed down and there weren't, you know, any kind of missile tests and there weren't any kind of escalation tactics and that sort of thing. You know, so again, it, it's, you know, as, as Bud Light used to say, you know, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, but he, pre, he proved he, his thing was always about doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And obviously whatever he did worked. Yeah. In, now, at least in that regard. Now the Israeli Hamas situation was going to happen no matter what, because it's always been. A, yeah. a, yes. a, it's but always even that, that, he was the one that started the Abraham Accords. Yeah. Because you have to start from somewhere. There's, it's yeah. never, because then they're like, what, you're going to allow the Palestinians to go back on land? that they think they own when it's already been colonized or right. or the two-state solution has been which has been offered since the 70s in some form or way and the mm-hmm. palestinians always reject the position right so again it's, it can't be done but it's it, it gets to become it's almost impossible for almost a thousand israelis dead it's almost going to be impossible to figure out a way for the israelis to get back because people have been saying this might be a way to divide the benjamin netanyahu's government i think this solidifies the government solidifies people arguing about what's happening to figure out a way to stabilize the country because especially like here in the states you punch us in the face the whole family grounds up together even though we have our own internal problems yeah we're gonna rally and we're gonna push back i think the same thing's gonna happen with the israelis well and the thing is is again one of the things i was going to say in terms of the criticism that's been there about israel and how how tight and you know a a leash really do they have kept on the gaza strip in terms of who comes and goes and you know and all the security you know and intelligence they've had to to leverage you know to at least prevent something like this happening up until now uh, i mean it's again it's like if you have a dog that you know is going to bite you Mm -hmm. i mean you're going to keep them as on tight a leash as possible and i get so upset with the argument that they've been it's been like they've been caging them really because evidently they sleep on they keep on getting material to make rockets right and they've been shooting rockets for the last few years into Mm -hmm. israel so instead of using rockets why don't you do something to like i don't know add more hospitals or do more food for kids or desalination plants no we know exactly where your priorities are as hamas who's running gaza it's to cause war death and destruction when you have the bodies of uh festival goers in the back of trucks driving through driving through the gaza and these children and people are celebrating that the the it's the, what where can you go from there what's crazy is also the number of kidnappings that are happening over right 100 now. it's insane uh, i mean and and to even again because of the technology that we have now to witness some of those things i mean you know to witness women literally being grabbed and thrown into the back of a jeep you know uh or into a car and that sort of thing you know and these guys again walking around with you know ak's and ars and whatever you know and uh i, I mean they they the, this first initial attack, apparently they, all of the victims that they found were basically all piled up. You know, they said it was over 200 bodies just piled up. 260 um, bodies from the festival. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, uh, and and it, it's gonna be, um, I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better, you know, because, in, you know, globally, I think the Ukraine situation ha- already has kind of put, um, you know, certainly NATO, but you know, conflict has, has you brought conflict. But it's it's put it's it's stretched the resources, right? You I don't know. think it stretched the resources. I think what's happened again, 
Well, yeah, Ukraine, sure. It stretched our resources. Ukraine, and our... Ukraine to Russia is a completely different conversation than Israel to Gaza. Yeah, but, no, but you're still pulling no, from the same pot in yeah, terms but, of yeah, but what, military no, resources, Israel's financial not gonna resources. Ask, Israel's not asking us for tanks. Not yet. Is, no, they're not going to. But again, if they— uh, because, because Gaza all, is not the same size. The idea is already, already being floated that if Iran was involved, then, that the, mili- then the United States should take military action against Iran. G- Israel, uh, the United States is not going to cause a— international conflict where now oil is a whole nother conversation when it comes to sparking a new fight with inside the Middle East. I highly doubt Joe Biden is going to pull that trigger. I don't know. It's don't look at me. I just don't trust Joe Biden at this point. It's not Joe Biden. It's the people around yeah, it's, it's Joe around Biden. Him. No, he's he, not making any those of those are decisions. The, people. It, the decision I, I think is just going to, they're going to make yeah, a decision. Exactly. It's going to fall flat on its face, just like every other decision with every other geopolitical conflict that has happened during his term. And I just want to know what it's going to be. <sighs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching The Yard Sign, the most important uh, podcast in Florida politics. Uh, Dr. Leo Jenko joining us as our guest today, and Evil David Cabrera, and yours truly, Johnny Torres. Thank you for watching, listening, whenever, wherever you may be doing so. Uh, you know, I was so rusty in our last show that I didn't even, like, I never promoted, like, where to get the show, how to find it, like, any of that stuff. We took a, so, summer, we took a summer hiatus. Yeah, in I know. Between so, election Facebook, cycles. YouTube, you can find uh, all of our episodes. YouTube, obviously, the easier option there. Um, we're also on Rumble. If you're a Rumble fan, you can find uh, our episodes archived on Rumble. And then if you like podcasts, um, whether it's your Alexa device uh, or Apple device or Samsung device, any of your favorite podcast platforms, is also carrying the show. Just search for the yard sign. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to get uh, Dr. Jenko in today uh, was to cover our next topic uh, and and really maybe get somewhat more of a legal perspective on uh, what is happening with Donald Trump. And you know, obviously, there's a lot of pieces to this. Uh, whether it, we're talking about you know what's happening in Georgia or whether what's happening in New York, and those are two very different cases. Um, but uh, you know, to me, the 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 biggest concern I have is is that um, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Uh, now, we already know that come election day, like I believe it's going to be the same day, I believe, as like one of the hearings or one um, of the, um, it's, One um, is going to be close to, I think, the primary elections, right? Okay. Mr. Internet? It's happening like a week before the, the first yeah. or second primary right. that's occurring. Yep. Um, now we we're also starting to hear that um, all of Trump's packs are broke, the campaign's broke. Um, now I haven't validated that, um, you know. But again, like I mean, he's got to be bleeding money because we know he's been using oh, yeah. money from the campaign to pay his legal bills. But my biggest concern is, is again, if if somehow he's found guilty, you know, whether it be in Georgia, whether it be in New York, you know, what kind of position does that put us in for the election? Um, obviously. I think the fallout from him being found guilty is a whole nother topic, you know, in terms of the possibilities of how his supporters would react, you know, to something like that. You know, I, I don't expect, uh, obviously I would expect protests, but I wouldn't expect anything kind of too crazy uh, in that mm. respect. But let's kind of, again, start kind of one bite at a time. So <laughs> that's what you, you have to do with this pie. <laughs> yeah. So in New York, 
you know, the biggest thing we know is, is that apparently he misstated the value of his properties uh, and his assets uh, and to gain larger loans from lending institutions and then, you know, to sell some of those um, properties and that sort of thing. Or it, it, he um, or no, when it came time to paying the taxes on a lot of those properties and access uh, assets that he actually claimed them to have a lower value um, than that of which he retained the loans for. Mm-hmm. At least that's kind of my basic understanding of it. I mean, what 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 are you kind of gathering from everything you've seen as far as the case in New York? So I, I agree with you. The details are murky. Um, there's. Of course, Trump's party is saying one thing. The prosecutor is saying another. Uh, the The biggest issue here, though, is it's not a criminal case. That and that's where ev- that's. I think that's where the media gets it wrong. Okay. Uh, showing that, like, oh, he criminally did this. I'm like, if he did, it would be in criminal court. It's a right. civil trial. So, one one thing with the civil trials is you don't have to have as strong of evidence as Correct. you would a criminal trial. The burden of proof. The burden of proof is different. Um, and so that's probably why they're doing it in the civil court because the proof of him doing such action is not beyond reasonable doubt. Uh, and all that is arbitrary based on jury interpretation and all that. Uh, but if they went to a civil court, the prosecutor understands that they don't have a strong enough case to truly target criminal activity. And so they're trying to weed out in sort of the political theater of like, we prosecuted Trump, um, so we did what you asked us to, because I don't... So I don't they're trying f- to get a win where they can get it. Yeah, but and I don't, and I, I don't know their mentality, but... The people wanted a criminal trial, not a civil trial. Well, so. so this is kind of how I like to kind of break it down. Is this kind of like an Al Capone situation where they can't really getting him, get him on anything criminal, so they're going to go after him on, like, tax evasion? Um, Which, uh, that's not what he's being accused yeah, of, but, but in that sense, right? Similar, but I think uh, Al Capone was criminalized. I would th- right. I'm pretty sure it went through criminal court. Doing it through civil court, again, it's, it's like we're fulfilling our promises half-heartedly. Um, and so it, it's just, I, I honestly, it, this, the, the logic that they have and the rhetoric that they're using doesn't make sense when it actually comes to fruition when, of how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm getting confused. So it was a federal crime that Al Capone was charged and found guilty. Uh, and he also pled guilty for tax evasion and the prohibition charges. Right. It's like those are, and again, there's a distinct difference. And I think where the American people are going to have it when it comes to uh, Trump being prosecuted as in civil or in federal courts is that, well, yeah, you found him guilty, but he's still able to run for president. Like that yeah. at the end of the day is the mindset of the person. No Which some going, are trying to use yeah. as leverage to prevent him from running yes. for president. Yeah, it's, it's a big, mess of messaging for the american people like is he a criminal is he not um and if it is civil like why does he so he owes more money why does that matter to us yeah like the political attention to this i don't think is warranted um i think they're doing this either to now some political commentators would argue to up the hype of trump to be elected in the primary to be beaten by biden in the general right or they truly believe this and are that delusional that what they're doing is showing the criminality of Trump. 
But uh, again, it's kind of guys. It's like a not a guys, but there's sort of beating around the bush for the people saying we're doing it, but not really doing it. It's like, I don't understand. Like it's a weird dissonance. I get what you're saying because I I don't understand the purpose of, and and we've talked about this. If you were Mm -hmm. just to stop talking about Trump, I think this would be a completely different conversation. And when it comes to what the American people keep on hearing, because now they just, they keep on hearing his name. He keeps on making his comments. They keep on trying to gag him in the courts. It's just a burnout, right? Yeah. But that's the thing. And so like every time they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to gag Trump. So you can't say you really, you're going to gag him. You're going to throw him in prison. Like this is impossible. Well, the Georgia one, I think they, they put restrictions on him, correct? Of what he yeah. can and cannot say. Yes. Yeah. That one is a completely different mess. Because um, well, in that one, I mean, they're, they are literally talking about, you know, election manipulation. You're talking about the 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 delegates, you know, that I guess they were they were going to try to swap out or something like that to try to flip the votes in, in Georgia. Um, you know, and, and that's new for me. Or I mean, it was something to the effect of the the delegates, the the electors. Oh. Um, you know where you know, and now what some people are saying, or at least what they're 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 thinking his defense is going to be, is is that because the results were in question, he had the right to then start to set up a number of electors that would be ready to go because it's just such a short time frame. They would be ready to go in case the results were overturned. You know, so it's not that he was going to try to um, to to m- manipulate the outcome or change the outcome. It's simply that they were waiting for the results, you know, to determine whether the existing electors would stay or whether Trump's set of electors, you know, would be the ones that would then be representing the Georgia vote. Ooh, if that's true, uh, that's one, one, one of the issues with the Georgia case is it's either based on hypotheticals or associations. And so all these like, oh, well, this could be his defense. It could be that. It's like, is this all just something that they're making out of thin air? Is this really what he thought? Did it even, was there any paperwork or fruition that stemmed from these thoughts? Uh, the RICO Act is a very muddy sort of piece of legislation. Uh, it was supposed to address criminal enterprises. Uh, and first off, Trump's legal team is not. Um, so that's a new application. Um, and it's supposed to be about racketeering. And mm. if I'm going through my own knowledge, racketeering doesn't mean election interference. Right. Uh, so the, again, the application of RICO, they're just, and I think that's just because of how Georgia defines RICO compared to everyone else. So Georgia purposely has a different interpretation because they were trying to deal with certain um, criminal activity that was occurring. So they would do more sweeps and everything else. I think them trying to use this as an example, fit this square into a round peg might be where the problem is occurring because originally they were going to do all of them at the same time as one big trial. And because two people asked to get pulled out of that for other reasons, it unraveled the entire thing. So Mm -hmm. right now, I think what's occurring is that one, the the court dates have been pushed back a little bit more, and two, which is now causing the primary situation, and two, I think Trump is going to be able to pull himself out of that span of things and be able to try it on himself on his own. And again, I think a lot of problems are going to a lot of problems are going to lie on the fact that he's able to say, well, these individuals that I was paying for told me to, that I would that 
the election was stolen or told me that there were more votes out there or yeah. said these things. He can easily say that and get out of the situation. But again, we're just constantly doing something and it's, it's going to tire the American people out. Well, yeah. yes. Well, cause the idea of the RICO act is to find someone guilty by association where, okay. So the, the idea is that they think Trump was the head who pu puppeteered the whole thing, mm -hmm. um, which is a, completely different topic of whether he's a p master puppeteer or is he an idiot because that's two messages from the other side of the aisle sure. um, that conflict. But because he, they think he's the master head, if they get all his lower workers to confess that, yes, this was a command from him, blah, 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 they're able to prosecute Trump. Now, the problem with the RICO Act is... Uh, First off, freedom of speech and expression, even though we do have some court cases showing that it didn't violate in, circum in some uh, areas, mm -hmm. um, the, it's, it's based off of simple connections. And so Trump paid for this person, this person decided to try to enact, or not enact, but act and try to change votes. Is that Trump's fault? Is it not? He hired the guy to help him with the election. Was it on the guy's own volition or was it forced by Trump mm -hmm. to like, there's too many hypotheticals to understand these associations under the RICO Act. Um, and at the same time, it would be easier to apply the RICO Act if it was a criminal Correct. Um, organization. Yeah, which is not. That's what it was for. But when it's not a criminal organization, it's like you're you're saying that legitimate business transactions are going to be considered um, criminal now? Like it, right. it's, yeah. I, I don't understand their application of it and I'm curious to see how it will play out. I'm more concerned that because it's murky, I'm focusing more on the actual pe the people in court to see mm. whether or not their biases are going to play out in the ruling of this. Mm -hmm. Now, how much or what does it say, I guess, about the case in New York that, I guess, basically, once they'd had that initial hearing, the judge was like, yeah, I've heard enough. Okay, let's get started. You know, like, he, he basically, you know, kind of alluding to the fact that he heard sufficient evidence, you know, to obviously warrant, you know, the, the case going to trial. Well, I, I'm okay with the case going to trial. One, it's a civil case, so it doesn't matter. And two... The, the argument that you're going to make that an American citizen exaggerated on his loan application when it, when it came to every other American doing the same exact thing, yeah. you're going to tell me, I can tell you what my, my income range from 50 to $100,000, what am I going to, like, there's, it's very easy right. to make him more, it's making him more relatable to a lot of Americans. Well, that's been, the, I think that's, that's what's causing, that's the yeah. backfire that's happening right now. Yes. Well, that's been the case, you know, the whole time is, is that all of this stuff, you know, the fact that the government is actively, you know, as some people see the government is actively trying to take him down you know and take him out of the equation when it comes to our election you know like there's a lot of there, there's a lot of relatability there mm -hmm. for some people you know and uh and, and to see the the government being manipulated to target an individual again that that ingratiates him with you know a subset of this country that i think didn't maybe didn't have a way to relate to him previously you know but it has garnered him you know some some sympathy in some ways we, we will see how this plays out. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to go to an appeals. Um, and I don't, I don't know who is 
in charge of the appeals courts for Georgia. Um, New York, I have a feeling it's going to be more, is, is it a, was it a Republican chosen or Democrat? The for, New York one is Republican. Okay. The, the South is, I think is also Republican, but in a different, the New York was actual Trump, ele- a Trump okay, appointed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but no, you, you mentioned something about the judge instantly saying, I heard enough evidence, let's go to trial. Um, one of the problems with courts is how do we balance biases? Uh, while we have the appeals process going up to the Supreme Court, we don't really have anyone auditing how judges are ruling and on what basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like where we have the House, Senate, and all that, they try to tra- check themselves of their biases, obviously with their own bias. But uh, that's one of the issues that people are going to start watching is like, how's the judge going to behave? Uh, it, I think with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, mm-hmm. I think it was very unprofessional for the judge to act the way he did uh, because I'm like, oh, that, that can show bias and that can be challenged. Um, so it, yeah, if that had gone another way, yeah, you could easily see an appeal being made and in, in, in making that case towards there having been bias there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so what I'm concerned about is this is, this is going to expose the court system to the people and we're going to have less uh, legitimacy perception from the people on the courts if these judges do not know how to bench their emotions. Yeah. So I, I, that is my more concern. But it, I mean, it, it, I mean, does it seem like there's more of that happening? Does it, I mean, it seems to me like there's more of like, like there's like judges are getting a little more, a little too comfortable, you know, in terms of kind of showing a little bit, kind of showing their cards a little bit in terms of their personal bias. Um, I think it depends on how judges are implemented. Um, so the Georgia judge, I think, is a state judge because it is on, at state level. Right. And each state has their own way of getting a judge. Some states do it through an election. Some do it by appointment. Some do it where it's non-partisan, like the party's affiliations are not known. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to figure out Georgia's system to figure out if this judge will be real, like would be in the seat next time go around. Um, let's say if it was an election and not appointed, because if it's in a blue district, the, there's nothing there to check the uh, right. judge. So yeah. what, what are you going to do? Sure. I know in Florida, it is a, bl- a blind system when it comes to your political affiliation. It's you're not, and even, and we've seen this when we have judicial candidates running for 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 their positions that they they are very limited in what they can say, they're very limited in what they can do, and they cannot answer any real questions of substance, which is annoying. But at the end of the day, you kind of want that when it comes to a, a judge. Right. And if you're that concerned, then you should be looking at their what they've said in the past and how they've ruled in the past as well for those positions. So here you have to be a little bit more tactical when it comes to your support. And you'll also see either conservative or liberal groups flocking to one person or the other. And that's usually how you can tell how they would uh, rule in the future. Mm. 
All right. Well, again, thank you so much to everybody for watching the yard sign. Uh, again, you can find the show uh, at uh, YouTube, uh, any of the major podcast platforms. Uh, and uh, we're actually live on Twitter now as well. Um, and uh, so uh, we've got Dr. Leo Jenko joining us and Ebel David Cabrera. Um, I also want to go ahead and get into kind of our final subject. Um, and, and maybe we'll even touch on really quickly just kind of the overall standing of the elections. But Congress also kind of blew up last week mm -hmm. as, you know, it was really interesting because we saw that, you know, Matt Gates threatened initially, you know, McCarthy in saying that he was going to challenge the speakership and oust him. Um, some people are saying that this was obviously just kind of a stunt, fundraising, you know, uh, clickbait, that sort of stuff. Um, others are saying, oh, well, he was just holding him to account based on the agreement that was made, you know, when he was uh, voted in uh, as, as speaker. And, you know, what what I, I guess, um, you know, I'd, I'd always kind of been on the fence, you know, with Matt Gates, like, you know, it, it just, you know, never really kind of rubbed me the right way. Um, you know, definitely showboater, you know, uh, you know, just a little too arrogant for his own good, that sort of thing. I think um, Trump uh, gave him the platform, right, to kind of mm -hmm. come out and be like a bigger figure. I mean, when you look at the, the reality of the district he represents, I mean, it's incredibly small. I think under normal circumstances, nobody would have any idea who Matt Gates was. Um, if, yes. if you look at the, I think it's the first district um, of Florida that he represents, and it's the Panhandle. And so, uh, you know, whoever still lives there that hasn't been wiped out by a hurricane, you know, obviously very red, you know, that part of the state is reliably Republican. Um, but again, he doesn't have a lot of um, leverage in terms of influence, you know, in terms of, you know, corporate power or, you know, you know, there's not a lot of industry there. Um, there is, I mean, some proximity to like military operations and that sort of thing. But like, I don't get where the arrogance comes from. Right. And it's such a contrast because he, he succeeded his, his father, I believe, um, in that seat. And his father had a very different reputation, mm. you know, more along the lines of like a Gus Bilirakis mm -hmm. here locally to kind of use a local reference, someone who was likable, kind of really served the community, was very beloved by the community. Matt Gates is now kind of turned into like this troll, you know, and like all things, you know, it's fine. You kind of ignore it when it's on your side, but the minute he starts kind of, you know, you know, um, being the monster that eats the creator, you know, then all of a sudden it's a problem. And that's what he's become. I think he's become a problem. And, and honestly, what was funny was because like most of us, McCarthy was going around doing the media, you know, the weekend before and saying, yeah, he's, he might try to do this vote thing, but it's not going to work. He's not going to succeed. Um, meanwhile, I guess little did McCarthy know that, you know, Gates was, teaming up with over 200 Democrats basically to get this vote through to now put us in a position where we now have the speakership up in limbo again. I think I think McConnell did a lot of things to shoot himself in the foot. <laughs> McCarthy. McCarthy, I'm sorry. Oh my God, I keep on going. Either. McCarthy did a lot of things to shoot himself in the foot. Uh, one of them was going on television the weekend before and like started to blame Democrats for the, the shutdown. I think that yes, was a stupid yes. thing to do, especially knowing that the vote was there. So he was very arrogant when it came to that stuff. Also allowing- Well, I don't think 
he ever believed that that Repub that that he that Gates would side with over two hundred Democrats of to get him Democrats tossed out. Of course, are going of, to do something to put chaos in the Republican Party. Yeah, because I mean, again, for thing, those who may not know, he only had eight Republicans in total vote against McCarthy. You only need three. That's double the amount of, of, but, of Republicans. But, and if you look at, I mean, if you look at the ones that voted against McCarthy, none of them are big names. No, no, none of them are That's the usual suspects. Some of the other ones, no, no. A lot of them are have been. Uh, the fact that Gates is getting all of this attention is so frustrating because his because the uh, the speaker put an actual bill that was very conservative that was getting cuts that was reducing the yes you're going to get ukraine money but we're going to get border money which is a whole other conversation now that right. biden has added has is adding more money to the to the the border now which is hilarious oh no so, that's a, yeah that's a yeah, the hypocrisy the is, is, yeah. is phenomenal however like it was very conservative and they voted it down and so now mm -hmm. you're like i'm not going to shut the government down because we always republicans always get blamed for shutting the they're shutting the government down we're always for some reason or another we're always get blamed the, the problem the problem now is the image of the party yes um so mccarthy he shot himself in foot multiple times leading up to the votes um matt gates wasn't on the same page the one thing that people are going to take away from this is the republicans do not know how to have forethought of timing well, or they and they they can't work together. Yes, you know they obviously can't get their act together. Well, Gates isn't doing this for the republic or doing this no, for the he's nation. Not, he's, he's not doing it for. He's the doing party. it no. for himself. I mean, he voted against a lot of things that again you would normally expect him to vote for. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then because he voted against it and McCar and he had to do he had to submit the bill so then we wouldn't shut the government down. Then he gets upset that that bill passed and gets and said, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger that we're going to do another speaker call. And that is also something that I shot him in the foot because he allowed for these three or four people to run the party basically the way they are, which they shouldn't. I would not be surprised if Matt Gaetz loses his next election cycle. Honestly, uh, mm, the problem is, is I again, think he will. Think I, about the district, though. Who, uh, you know, I, who in that district is going to come out and run against him? Yeah. If Anthony Sabatini can get knocked out of his race, and he was just as bad of a fire breather. And and troubleshoot and, and someone that was causing a lot of trouble with inside the party in Florida, and he got wiped out. I yeah. think McGates is gonna. Point. I think Gates. I think enough money is gonna flood into that little district, yeah. and it's gonna cause a huge problem. If if he waited before, if he if Matt Gates thought this through, be like, all right, it's a conservative bill, pass it, whatever. Um, if he waited after that passing, mm -hmm. um, then do the call for speakership, like, hey, I. We signed it, but I didn't like how this was done. This would have a, a different narrative. It would have more legitimacy. It would have more legitimacy. Yeah. Uh, but again, people are going to see the Republicans are unable to regulate themselves. The Democrats right. laughing after all this was going on. Literally laughing. Literally well, laughing. And at least have a plan. Yes. Right? Like, okay, great. You want to get rid of McCarthy. Who are you putting up? Oh, we're going to put up Donald Trump. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you could barely get McCarthy, which is as close to a moderate as we're going to we're going to find these days, right? Because Democrats also have to be able to vote for him. Yep. Okay? And you, you, you think it's some kind of fun publicity stunt? 
to to say that you're going to put Donald Trump up for the speakership. He did it, mind you, you're, mind you, your Fox News addicts out there, you know, or maybe not so much these days, but you know, the those that are your Trump aficionados, of course, get all excited because they think that there's some possibility in this universe that that's going to happen. It's the weirdest, like, it's the weirdest sensation to think that he is actually being serious when he says things like that. It, I cannot take him serious anymore when I see him in the news reports. I cannot take him serious anymore when I see him talking yeah. because I don't believe anything he says anymore. He's a cartoon character. He has become yes. one. Yes. Especially knowing I mean, all down the, to the hair. Especially know, exactly, knowing all the garbage that he was a, a part of just a few months ago. Well, he's still under an ethics investigation. The fact that he's, he's even still in Congress is the yeah. issue. And I think him, that, and, him and, and Santos, and, I mean, need to go. Oh, and that's what's going to play. And I think that's what's going to play within his district. You start mm, talking about which him there's Republicans. having threatening to get rid of him allegedly I mean. having inappropriate contact with underage girls in the prostitution ring is a huge deal when it yeah. comes to that part of the state that's very conservative very american very but, like red but the thing is that he w it was alleged there was no well but it's still under investigation oh it is yeah, 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 it is yeah. Still it's still ongoing oh my oh, gosh that's why yeah, i yeah, think yeah. it's either the diversion tactic of him same with santos his his stuff is still kind of in process wow and so there hasn't been you know any kind of a declarative conclusion to that yet. and you really couldn't because you couldn't lose the votes because we're yeah. again, we're only three above and i say this when it comes to because people are like oh it's very difficult to govern this part nancy pelosi had the same numbers on her side she could only mm -hmm. lose three and they never did this to her right never even with aoc causing a fuss Pelosi shut that down. Yeah, yeah, every single time. But that again, the, the 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 and they were saying this about McCarthy even before he became speaker is is that currently this is almost entirely a a new generation mm -hmm. of Republican congressmen and women. Mm -hmm. So there is not a lot of seniority there, and that's why you don't have your McConnells and your, um, uh, who's the, the tan guy that retired, um, the former speaker, oh. John, starts with a B. Bolt. I'm, I'm drawing blanks. <laughs> no, not both. The one that would cry every single time there was like a child right. on the TV. Oh, um, oh him. anyhow, but um, but they were very powerful individuals well, they knew that could how to could regulate. Right. They knew how to use the system. Yes, to get everybody in line, mm -hmm. to get everybody to fall in line, Bolton, and be uh, and get everybody on the same page. Um, no, well, and it's gonna frustrate me. So that, that's probably up. why McCarthy was. So I'm not going to say inept, but he just, I don't think he understood who he was now governing. Yeah. Um, cause with the new wave, cause I mean, well, once you're speaker, how do you not leverage that to then make sure that, that everybody does fall in line behind you, right? That's the time to win mm. over some of those opponents that you have on your own side of the aisle and say, hey, I know we had our differences, but hey, here's this committee assignment. You know, here's you know, here's a co-chair or, or uh, a Boehner. Boehner. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's the time to kind of coalesce, you know, and he obviously must have just decided, hey, I'm just going to, you know, keep the train running the way it's been running and, and didn't really take any time to try to coalesce the party behind him. His now, issue with the fact that he allowed it to be one person to call yeah. for a new speaker, he could have been like, no, we need at least a call, like at least a majority or at least something. So then he didn't have this situation. It gave them too much power. Well, and, and this is the thing, because initially you're like, OK, I don't know. I felt 
McCarthy was living up to the agreement. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, he brought up the impeachment charges against Biden. Mm -hmm. You know, he was trying to hold off in, in terms of passing a, a CR, um, uh, you know, for for funding the government uh, as much as possible, right? Like, he was kind of trying to hold on to the things that he had agreed to. Um, but I think what really sold me on the fact of how wrong Matt Gates was, was again, that a lot of the people that coalesced around against McCarthy in, in, in voting him into the speakership were nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like your Byron Donalds, Jim Jordan. Oh, like, oh you know, they all fell in line. Those, they all those, fell yeah. in line. those folks were nowhere to be found in terms of ousting him as speaker. And that, that tells me, okay, these guys obviously know that this is, this is, not kosher this, there's, there's yes. something very wrong going on here I, I will i will i will say this though because to be devil's advocate uh for people who did champion matt gates because they they were talking on uh, x formerly twitter um that there were some things that mccarthy did that or i should say didn't do that was pretty weird. Like, for instance, Nancy Pelosi still keeping the speaker's office, which was a huge revelation. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that I, I was pretty disappointed in. Yes, uh, it's like I wonder what McCarthy's other deals were um, for the Democrats that we didn't quite see. And I under so. So I, you think that was part of the deal that got him into the speakership? The fact that yeah. she got kicked out of her office immediately after means that that was a line that was a yeah. deal. someone made that deal and mm. it, it became a situation to where she had to get removed and that pissed off a yeah, lot but then of Democrats. why put mccarthy in that office because that's what happened they kicked her out and then they gave that office to mccarthy even though he's 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 out now outgoing speaker. really speaker yeah i didn't know who they gave it to well they they, they gave it to mccarthy which was the weirdest Again, the, the the kind of weird twist in that whole scenario. I know that Patrick, the the new like temp, like the guy that's kind of in the chair right yeah. now. Um, where is he from? He's from North Carolina. Made that decision immediately right. because he's McCarthy. He's spearheaded that. Yeah. yeah. And so right now you can start to see where the dust is settling. At, like what was supposed to be. I, I'm assuming what was supposed to happen <clears throat> was enough Democrats were supposed to say present and not be classified as a vote so then it would reduce the threshold necessary to make sure that McCarthy that McCon McCarthy McCarthy <laughs> was still allowed to be speaker and when yeah. that did not happen I think that and we'll see other things that will be triggered because of it so I'm I'm looking forward to see where this is going to go so the two individuals that are in the running uh, running right now are Jordan and Scalise yeah. is that how you yes. say his name yeah. so I don't have a problem. Actually, I have a problem with both of them. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, Scalise, yeah, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I want to hear this. Scalise yeah. is, it has blood cancer okay. and is dealing oh, with oh, that yeah, situation. Yeah. I right. mean, yes, he survived the attack in 2017 on the baseball field. The shooting, yeah. Took a few bullets and everything else. And But then he also has issues with like a Ku Klux Klan situation where he made oh, a speech with them. Yeah, and and this was like that. in 2002. So, like, it was a while ago, but like, people got records. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it was, no, I was still like, they're going to be yeah. dug up again if, hey, if, hey, all, if it happens. And I think that's a red line that just can't be overwhelmed overrun yeah. and then jordan has an issue with the, the doctor that was like groping the the gymnast in ohio yeah. and that's a big deal and so i think that might be problematic so there's no clean cut 
of these two. Don't get me wrong. That's I, the problem. That Jordan, was the problem we had the first time. Yeah, which I is, like Jordan. There wasn't like a clear choice of like, oh, hey, this guy would be great for the job, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and and let's pick him. And move Jordan on. doesn't. None of them want the job. Jordan no. does not want this job. No. And I, even though I like, I think they say that, but no, no. Jordan has said multiple times he doesn't want the job because this is not the first time he's been asked to become speaker. And I, I distinctly remember him. It's always saying, I just want to do the work, and I want to go home. When you're speaker, <laughs> you gotta sell your soul, and well, that's yeah. gonna be the problem. I don't think either of them are gonna want to sell their souls. But they're still. But the fact that they're running, it does, it does go against what they're saying, though. They're both at the position of like, yes, if you vote for me, I will run. But they both had to be dragged into this, and they're mm. being dragged into it by gates of like, oh, these are two really good guys. You're the one that caused this mess, and you don't have a plan. Ugh, it frustrates me so much. <laughs> All right. Um, well, again, I mean, the drama is going to continue. You know, we're going to see how many rounds it takes. Last time I was right. And, you were like, uh, you were plus uh, something. No, I was, I was less than 20, I think. It was, less. I said it was going to take less than 20 rounds. I thought you said less. I think you said more than 10 rounds. And I was like, they got to figure it out before 10 rounds. And I was, I know I was, I lost that bet. I saw, I, funny enough, I just found the note where I, where I'd kind of written down everybody's guesses. Oh my gosh. You know, in terms of when the speakership was going to be decided. I still think Nikki Haley's going to become president. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like Nikki Haley. I do I like Nikki Haley. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I know I, this is like, but like at the end of the day, the issue before was Trump is the only one that could beat a Biden. Now it's all of them well, that can beat Biden. Those, these yeah, polls are insane. But when yeah. were those polls taken? Because after this speakership issue, some people may not want a Republican president if the party is still not unified. I think at the end of the day, this is not going to matter six months from now. It just, it mm. won't. Unless... You know what? Gates would pull another card like this in the middle of like campaign season, like in July yeah. of next year, like just like months before the election cycle starts, goes in full blown. That would be that would be well, when it's a ridiculous thing and people are not going to vote for. Well, for and to kind of wrap up the topic on that note, we're, I we're mean, over, was this over a year? Was this all really a Trump orchestrated distraction? You know, was this a way like because Matt Matt will do anything for Donald Trump? Okay, so was the blowing up of the speakership um, a a kind of a a, a, a yes? I an think agent he, of chaos. Yes, I think kind Gates of moved by would, by Gates on behalf of Donald I think Trump. Gates no. would blow the <laughs> no <laughs> for Trump. Um, <laughs> if, if, the thing is, he has such a poor record with media that he just can't outpace the media with Trump. Well, they're not the going to invite him on, right? Like, yeah. He's like, never going to get on now. Like, it's, it, that's the thing. Like, if, if it was Trump orchestrated, I'm like, Trump would have picked someone else in that's all what, That's what I'm saying. I think Gates did this so that the distraction of this overshots the ethic violations that he's being up for. Well, that too. I think that I think it's a self-preservation situation. Mm -hmm. You're the guy that all Republicans, all like the far right Republicans love because they hate the the moderate Republican that's in the speakership right now. And I think you're going to get a moderate speak, a moderate Republican still. But you don't think in any ways the distraction from the primary. No, no. I don't. Think this is anything no. to do with the primary. I think Gates is too small on the on the totem pole for this to be an issue. I do agree with McCarthy. It's personal. Oh, completely personal. Yeah. Hmm. Completely. All right. This is a mean girl situation. Oh, mean uh, girls. Yeah. It's straight up yeah, mean girl. It is. With that it much is. product in his hair. Oh, it's straight up mean girl. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's see here. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up today's show with uh, uh, my favorite little segment. Uh, what story are you watching that we didn't get to talk about today? Oh, watching. Hmm. The story are you following that we didn't uh, touch on today? 
<clears throat> for me, like you, you kind of just hinted at, I think the, the kind of movement in the poll numbers and the primaries is really interesting to me, obviously taking Trump out of the equation, mm -hmm. but the fact that Nikki Haley now seems to be uh, rising above Governor DeSantis, which disappointing personally, but, you know, certainly interesting from a political perspective. Oh, what was it? I, there was something in Tennessee that I recently listened to, and I, I, of course, this whole day has got me muddled. Oh, Tennessee just received the headquarters from that gun lobby, or a gun group just moved, a gun manufacturer Company? just moved to Tennessee from somewhere because no, of it, the... No, it was about, oh, it was about the uh, hospitals and the legislation mm. that was passed about transgenderism and all that. Hmm. Um, I'm following that story because it's highly contested because it was ruled okay and now the um aclu is getting involved is getting involved um so we're gonna see how that plays out in the future because i believe there's similar cases gonna pop up in other states um so i'm curious how that battle is going to end well and again like that's that to me is also a a, a small issue in in some ways but also a larger issue in terms of the stakes of the of the pre, the next presidency mm -hmm. right yes. because whoever the next president is is going to be able to kind of drive that stake into the ground one way or the other yeah they, they will have i think like hey this is the direction we're going to go you can follow suit or you can fight i think yeah. the, uh what i've been watching and it's because i'm a nerd was the surprising 377,000 new jobs reports that were done on Friday, mm. giving the absolute uh, middle finger to the Federal Reserve, yep. saying what you're doing is not working, and please stop doing what you're thinking you're doing, mm. which is going to be very much an issue of now. Does So before it was... Because their strategy was literally to kill the economy. No, that's not the strategy. <laughs> the strategy was to have a soft landing, to well, create a soft landing situation, okay. which has never happened. So Killing that, it softly. Yes, it's a soft. To quote the and Fugees. so because... This now shows that, and revisions in past uh, reports are yeah. now showing that it's a much higher, faster, bigger economy. That's it's it's becoming to a point to where we might have one or two more rate increases before we see any cuts in the rates. And Crazy. people need to start getting to understand that at the moment now the hot job market is too, and the economy is too. Do you too think we'll see ten percent? No, I no. don't think we'll. I don't think I mean, we'll we're see at eight, eight plus. No, we won't see double digits. I don't think that at all. I think they're gonna because they're no longer doing fifty points. Mm -hmm. They're doing twenty five basis points yep. now. So I can see us getting to eight point five, eight point seven five. I don't think we'll go over nine. I can and see nine. It's just because it's no. That's not what's causing the market to shift, yeah. and that's the problem because so many people that are currently well, because, working are looking for other jobs, yeah. and that's causing the the disconnect. And then you have the housing, which is not directly affected by the Federal Correct. Reserve either, uh, because I was listening to, I only listened to two podcasts in the morning, um, but one of them was talking about only 90% of people can own a, uh, no, 10% of the people can own a home right now. Wow. Uh, and I'm like, what? So 90% of people cannot. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they're waiting for that market crash but the problem is because you have big companies coming in and buying these vacant lots it's yeah. not going to crash 
right well there's and there's people out there projecting that that i think they're saying that up to 60 percent of the housing market could be owned by corporations yes but that's but that doesn't cause a crash so well no no, that's what i'm saying but no but this is they're preventing they're preventing the crash but guys this is where zillow got into a lot of trouble and had to sell off a lot of their houses because they couldn't afford it anymore because you're the goal of these of these companies holding these properties is to make money either out of the rental or out of the or selling it and everything else they don't want to hold these properties for too long because then they cannot make as much money when it comes to the profit. Yeah. So if you are having difficulties finding renters for putting these properties because more inventory is coming on board, that puts pressure on those industries, those companies to sell their inventory. Now, as so this is a prime example of what's happening with us in our household. I would love to go buy another house, but I'm not going to because the prices are too high. Yeah. And even though I would get a lot of money out of my house, where am I going to move? I, I yeah. don't want to move more out of the city. I want to move closer into the city. You're better off just getting the money out of your house and building and it so, right where it so is. That's what's happening now. So you yeah. still have a construction boom occurring because people are either splitting their lots or they're building new. So you're not having that issue in construction where things are going down. If right. anything, it's just it's nice and settled where the economic burp is going to probably occur is probably out of Asia when China officially figures it out what's happening when they have an excess mm. of housing of over a billion a billion people and that, I don't that's think they the can stop what's happening I don't think there's any way to stave off there with it. is because you no longer have individuals buying third and fourth homes yeah but their population crash is gonna is is yeah but that's what I'm saying the issue occurring now is they've they've overbuilt so much that now that that economy is so used of construction and, and material and all that other stuff where when that breaks it breaks the whole system yeah. so whereas the whereas in the united states are commercial housing everything else maybe three to five percent of the economy there it's 30 to 40 percent of the economy mm. and that's what they're telling us yeah. so that's why you're like it's probably even more than that sure and that's where the crash occurs so that's what I'm looking at. I do want to just give you a quick kudos on the note that you brought up, which is how the, I guess, developers of the MRNA oh, yeah, uh, received yeah. the Nobel Prize. That and, was uh, fun to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 almost right up there with giving Obama, you know, the Nobel Peace Prize, you know, before he had even entered office. <laughs> um, so who knows what those guys are thinking? Um, I don't but, know. And all all it will do is fund this research research but uh, i mean it's a significant scientific development yes, obviously yes you know and it's gotten a bad rap because of you know the because the covid vaccines were so rushed like the it, it is tricky when you mess with dna yeah um and even the creator of the mrna vaccines even said that like yeah. you can't rush this process but um, would you say that they've implemented it properly or is that also kind of been mishandled in terms of what it was really designed or expected to yes. be used for. I, I would say that it was implemented improperly for COVID. Um, I believe it was, if I, if I can recall back when the person who started it all was discussing it, it was meant for unusual diseases that we couldn't deal with any other way. Mm. And why they chose that? avenue for COVID? I have no idea because we had no idea what COVID was about. So why would you go with an experimental vaccine I remember, for it? I remember at the height of everything that was occurring, they were trying to map the genome of the virus to be able to figure out a way to combat mm. the virus. And that form was the 
the most recent way to do that. And so they were able to parlay into that position, into that field quickly. The problem that's occurring, and again, it was an issue of, well, how long is this going to take? Well, it takes up to 10, eight to 10 years for these things to come through. Well, what if I give you $5 billion? Like, And that's where those first, what, from March all the way until the end of the summer mm-hmm. when they actually started doing human trials was the was the the we just didn't know what was happening and I think yeah. that was the yeah. issue we were willing to throw the money and do the research and and get get these people involved shut down the government shut down the system for at least a few months to figure out what what this was they they just didn't communicate well of what's going on and now we're seeing the repercussions of when you rush something that is still in its infancy and force everyone to take yes. it that's where the and that's where I think we're gonna not deal with this in the we're going to deal with this differently in the future i i think it will be good in the future once we have more solid footing of this vaccine but giving them the Nobel peace prize when they themselves weren't the ones who really solved the covid issue (laughs) right um but is that kind of why they're being given it because of its implementation with i think so um i think so uh which is i mean i'll fair on that front but still it's like I mean, wouldn't you just give a Nobel Peace Prize to like bleach? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> doesn't that solve COVID? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or ivermectin. Okay. And before we get all I know, before we get into gulags, I feel like there would be better <laughs> options. Even though it did help during COVID, there were better alternatives to give the Nobel Prize. Yeah, I, that I agree. Over, I like. So. I love the term long COVID. I think that's still long ridiculous. COVID, yeah. And how people will figure out a way to not have to go back to work. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. Oh, no, that's mine. Uh, and there we go. There we go. <laughs> all right, so uh, on that note, uh, I will say again, me, for me, I'm, I'm watching the election, just watching this primary. And, and again, I, as we've said, I think in the previous episode, at this point, I think Trump's kind of inevitable, you know, barring you know, him ending up in jail, which again, also seems unlikely timing wise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. we have a long election cycle. We have a long primary cycle and I am looking forward to all of it. Do I want a Trump, a, a 2.0 Trump? Yes. Just because to blow the system up, I would love a Nikki Haley as vice president to then like, see how that works. No. RFK is going third party. Oh, yeah. we didn't even talk about that. I know, I know, which we need to, but 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 that takes Dems. And I, I swear to God, no, that takes it's, Dems. they're saying it's actually going to take Republicans. It won't yeah. take Republicans. Uh, no, I heard going it, takes, it, takes yeah. ind- it takes independents and it takes Democrats because people that don't want to vote for Trump were never going to vote for Trump to begin with. Now you're giving them a third option. Who does that get rid of? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to hurt both. Yeah. It doesn't matter. On that note, I also want to give a quick shout out to my friend Don Scott, who uh, is hosting with an incredible list of uh, of experts the second annual Tampa Bay Criminal Justice Summit. Um, that's going to be an awesome event. I'll be there all day. It's from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Multiple panels uh, throughout the day. It's very in depth. They're also going to look at it not only in terms of what can be done legislatively, you know, to reform criminal justice, but also you know reentry for a lot of uh, former, uh, you know, recidivism, a lot of former felons and that sort of thing who are actually also going to be on the panel. Uh, They'll they'll have some of those individuals, uh, someone else that uh, we know, Lance Wissinger. Mm -hmm. um, He's going to be on one of the panels. Um, There's legislative uh, officials uh, that are going to be part of some of these panels. Shout out to Lance for giving me the, the speaker's name. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it'll be October 21st, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Tampa Bay Criminal Justice Summit at Tampa Prep, right there, just outside of downtown uh, Tampa Prep High School. Um, you want to visit horizoncommunities.org. That's horizoncommunities.org uh, for tickets and more information. Again, the second annual Tampa Bay Criminal Justice Summit, a uh, phenomenal event being uh, that is just blown up already in its second year. Uh, you, you know, and if you love policy or obviously if that's an issue that's important to you, definitely come out in and, and support because uh, there's not a lot of people really kind of focusing on that issue. Um, and uh, kind of the, this past legislative session didn't really seem to make a lot of headway. headway, whereas in previous there's been some kind of advancement and some reforms. And so you got to it's one of those issues you got to keep it you know, front of mind. Uh, and so we certainly invite everybody to come on out for that. Thank you to Dr. Leo Jenko, as always. Uh, Enable David Cabrera, as always. Uh, great conversation, you guys. And we'll see you back here next Monday. Uh, yeah, yeah, next Monday. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wrong button. <laughs>